0: The window for the Cincinnati Bengals to franchise tag T Higgins is open and you have a lot of questions about T's future in Cincinnati let's get into it you are locked on Bengals your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco. He's your host, James Rapine. We're going to answer all of your questions on T. Higgins in this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, in addition to a few other questions in a mailbag episode. Before we get into anything, if you're new to the show, start with that. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. That'll make it really easy to become an everydayer and don't miss an episode as things heat up with the NFL Combine just around the corner and free agency just a couple weeks after that. The other quick thing to get to before we dive into the tea questions is we will have a publication delay on Sunday. Don't expect to see an episode coming out Sunday night. That will be our normal publication schedule on both audio and video platforms. The video episode should still be out on time. The audio will be delayed until Monday at noon. Everything after that will be back to our regular schedule. That being said, James, let's dive into some questions about T Higgins. And there are a lot of them. I think we've got every single angle of the T Higgins conversation covered with our questions today. So this will be the definitive all answers on T Higgins episode. The first question comes from at Donnie Venable on Twitter. Why is it that the Bengals can't get a long-term deal done with T Higgins? Is it money, terms, agent? Does he just want to play somewhere else? And how much money do we think he wants?
1: Yeah, he hates Cincinnati and he never will No, I'm just kidding. No, it's, it's, of course, it's money and structure. And those are two things that uh, I think the Bengals are going to break, have broken, uh, for certain pieces, Joe Burrow being one. They will break it for Jamar Chase as well. And what I mean by structure is guaranteed money. They never guarantee money after the first year, unless you're Joe Burrow or unless you're Jamar Chase. That includes Jesse Bates. That's part of why Jesse Bates is in Atlanta. And so that's what's going to happen with T. Higgins. And I'm confident in that. That's why I think a lot of people just assume that T is going to sign elsewhere, probably next offseason after the franchise tag, is because the Bengals view T as a really good piece. But I, I don't think that they're going to break their the the way they do business. By the way, this is happening with. Justin Jefferson in Minnesota right now, which is weird, because the Vikings will blink and break at some point and and give him guaranteed money beyond year one. But T. Higgins is going to want that. He's going to get that when he does sign a long-term extension with whatever team he does. But that's the big reason why, I think. And the Bengals probably take into consideration his injury history as well uh, when uh, looking at that. But you mentioned we have a ton of, of T. Higgins questions. Let's just keep them rolling here. Uh, Rocky Ward asking if the Bengals do decide to tag and trade Higgins, do you think it makes sense to do so before the draft for a potential pick? Or are there any players that would be a realistic trade candidate?
0: As far as the timing, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. It makes sense for this to happen as soon as possible. They should ideally have an idea of what teams are interested in trading for T. Higgins, seriously interested in trading for T. Higgins after the combine next week when all of the illegal tampering. And illegal conversations occur, but they, they should be allowed to figure out all right, this team might be legitimately interested. The sooner the trade happens after the new league year opens, the better for the Bengals, because that means they immediately can turn around and spend that cap space if they were to trade T on other players. And they would have a lot more money to spend in free agency, obviously, if $21 million of cap space and cash weren't going toward T Higgins and that franchise tag. That's a Big downside to the franchise tags, it puts all of that into one year. There's no flexibility around that cap hit. So that's the timing aspect. As far as whether it's a pick or, or a player, I think the more common NFL trades are always for player, are always for picks. Sorry, picks for players. But if there was a A good player fit, I'm not opposed to it at all if it's the right fit. I I just think that it's a lot harder to get that to come together because then you're dealing with both a a player fit that both teams value similarly and a contract issue that I think that money piece of a player-for-player trade is what makes it a lot harder to get those to come together for players in that situation where there's a big second deal in play for at least one of them, if not both in any potential trade scenario you looked at there. But along those same lines, James, I'm curious to get your perspective here. Maybe you have a player in mind as well for this, or maybe not, but if the Bengals were to listen to offers, which we think they will in a tag and trade, what would be a realistic return? And that's a question from at Bengal bros on Twitter.
1: I think a top 40 draft pick in this year's draft is certainly a reasonable return. And, i think about carolina at 33 i I was looking at um some different um some different odds and you know the cowboys they have the 24th pick could they be interested could uh the jaguars be interested in in reuniting trevor lawrence with t higgins i think they would by the way i think they would be interested in that and if they re-sign calvin ridley before the new league year starts they have to give up their second anyways Might as well, if you could, give up your second for T. Higgins. So there are teams, obviously everyone will mention the Brian Callahan factor with Tennessee. Uh, I think Arizona is interesting. They have the 27th pick and the 35th pick. Uh, I've been playing with the trade simulator about using T to move up to that fourth pick. I think that's unrealistic. I would certainly try if on the Bengals if you could move up to number four and uh, send T. Higgins an 18 and maybe another pick to the cardinals you, you certainly do it so i i think that's reasonable as far as players go you're right it's really tough and if you're the Bengals, you would be looking at a a young player that's on the their rookie deal still i think that's what they would be looking for because that's what you can get with their draft pick and it's probably going to be hard to find that because that team probably wants to keep that young cost-controlled player that, that has shined enough for the Bengals to want them so Hard for me to throw out, out a player. Obviously, everyone will say Justin Jefferson. Uh, I, I'm not going to go that route because I, I think it's pretty unrealistic at this point. And uh, part of that has to do with T. But um, that said, uh, there's another question here with T. Higgins. This is the T. Higgins segment here. Do the new cap numbers allow for more room for T. Higgins or is it adjusted for inflation slash market? Is it already accounted for? Dominic also asks if it goes up, million in cap space, does that mean $25 million more to spend?
0: So the projected cap for 2024 has been around $242 million for a couple of months. I think that's when the initial estimate came out. In the last week or so, we've heard that it might be $250 million instead. That $8 million difference of unadjusted cap, the Bengals cap will be closer to $260 million because of rollover money. Does in this case actually mean the Bengals have a little bit more to potentially spend in unrestricted free agency, or if they wanted to put that toward a T Higgins extension, because that franchise tag does not change. The franchise tag is just based on the top salaries at the position. So it's going to be based on an average of the top five salaries at the wide receiver position. And that's not going to change based on the the salary cap going up. So in that respect, If they want to tag T, it actually means they will have more cap space after the tag of T, but the franchise tag itself will not change. Now, in terms of a potential extension or any potential free agent deal, how do those correlate to a $250 million cap versus a $242 million cap? You might see small differences to align with the cap because I think increasingly in recent years, James, we're seeing a lot more people become aware of The APY of of free agent deals being a percentage of the cap in a given year. And you're seeing that be the comparison between top player deals instead of just only the money. Because, of course, $30 million today is worth less than $30 million five years ago. Obviously, it's worth a ton of money in both of those instances. But with a little bit more cap space, you might see a small tick up in free agent deals. And that would, that would kind of play into any deal with T. Higgins or another free agent that the Bengals could get into. Along those lines of cap space, we have some salary cap questions to get to here, James. We have so much in this mailbag. We'll continue coming up next.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around your next corner our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. And let's start with the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives, great escapes, and it has a a class exclusive Google built-in that is always updating uh, your assistant to call for almost anything. It has a 12.3 inch HD touchscreen. That's right up my alley. And it's the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. But Honestly, Jake, I'm in on the Pathfinder. Has room up to eight, expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. I'm all in at 284 horsepower, 6,000 pounds of towing. And if you want to get a full-size SUV, well, the Nissan Armada is for you. The 2024 Nissan Armada has a eight-seat first-class luxury-style SUV. And it's also a 4x4 tow bigger. Explore further with the 2024 Armada. Take... The Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada, and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. I'm
0: going to sneak one more tea question in here, James, before we go to some of the salary cap related questions, if you don't mind. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's let's talk T. This is a question that we've talked about quite a bit, but at Johnny's Not Knows on Twitter had a question about how do you evaluate whether it's better to tag and trade T versus run it back? for one more Joe Jamar T. And I guess my my thought process here is say T Higgins gives you a 5% better chance to win the Super Bowl which is probably much bigger than it actually is which which might sound crazy but I think that is a lot more than it actually is like what percent better chance to win a Super Bowl would it have to be for you to want to keep T for one year versus trade him for the future does that make
1: sense? oh yeah it does uh, I mean what percentage I don't know I could throw out a number for you I, I think it's pretty simple if the Bengals tag T and keep him around for 2024 they better be willing to push the limit from a salary cap standpoint not roll it over be, be pushing it before a Jamar Chase extension where they have to to move around thing it, because it's it's an all-in move in a team that doesn't necessarily go all in. And I can make a really good case as to why you should just sign him to an extension and break that precedent and give him two years of guaranteed money. And you know, that four for 90 or whatever it is because they view him as such an important piece that they're going to tag him. And so if you view him that way, what's wrong with having him for the rest of his prime? So I think it's the injury factor is obviously a factor, but there are a lot of factors here. and so as far as me, I, I'm all aboard. If you're breaking up anyway, you might as well break up. Don't have, don't half ass it and break up partially. And then he's on the tag and deep down when he takes the field, he he knows that this could be his last game. If you make the playoffs, like Jesse had to deal with all that. And he he gets a long-term extension in Atlanta has a career year. And and I I want T Higgins to have a career year in, in 2024. And so I I think it's tough, but no, I I think they will keep him around and and they are going to go their version of all in. I just wonder how all in that's going to be.
0: Yeah. I I just wonder like for, for many fans, like if T Higgins takes your odds of winning a Super Bowl, say from like five to 10%, which is way more than any one non-quarterback player would be or 10 to 15% or whatever it is. Like what's, what's the break except
1: Jamar Chase. But yes. uh yeah, probably I think Jamar's worth that Jamar's yes, but then, yeah,
0: but then like think about when Jamar wasn't healthy a couple of years ago and T was playing as a number one for this team and how good he was in those games. I'm just saying. Sure. They they got a lot of but, production. But there they, they're
1: not winning a super bowl with Jamar Hurt. I'll tell you right
0: I, now. It, it would be tough, but uh yeah. If you don't have Jamar, but that's Andy, the, argument, know, to be, that's be the be argument
1: to keep T too. That's the argument to keep T too, right? Is they can still right. win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's an interesting way to think about it that like I hadn't really considered before is, is how do you quantify what he's worth to you in one year versus the long-term return. I'd be curious to know what, what our listeners think about that, how they would conceptualize that question. So let us know in the comments, let us know on Twitter, what you think about that? We're going to move on to the next question here, James, Tyler Bowles from the Locked on Bengals insider community, which you can find at join subtext.com slash Locked on Bengals with a question here. Who do you think on the roster has a contract that needs to be restructured ahead of free agency? And, James, I'll just add to this question. A lot of people have talked about Sam Hubbard, B.J. Hill, Mm -hmm. uh, and Andre Parada, who we're going to have on this show in the near future, I promise, to talk about the salary cap sometime before or after the combine here, most likely after, mentioned Orlando Brown and doing a small Mm -hmm. restructure for Orlando Brown. Any of those sound appealing to you?
1: Yes, absolutely. All of them, I you know I think as far as restructures go, you restructure Orlando right now. You save four and a half million dollars against the cap. It doesn't hurt what he's making. It's not asking him to take a cut. It's just simply moving the money around to make life easier on you. Hell yeah, I like that. Um, as far as Hubbard, look, he played through an, a serious ankle injury that sidelined Kenny Pickett for weeks. Right, Kenny never got his job back. He had that tightrope surgery, like it was a real thing, and so. The Bengals probably look at it that way and say, all right, let's get our guy back, who had a career year in 2022, by the way. Like, there's a lot of Hubbard discourse right now. Career year in 22, plays injured in 23, even when they, they were out of it. And so I, I get it. it. You know, as far as a production standpoint, you look at the numbers and they're not great. I also think that you could go to him, and he is a leader, to where he would probably be open to the idea of restructuring, and, and that's that's part of the all in element here that I, I would do. Leave no stone unturned. With BJ Hill, can you maybe you add a year to his his deal, and and, and you can lower his cap number a little bit. Maybe he would like that an extra year there. Uh, is Mike Hilton someone you'd be willing to do that with, and, and you can lower the cap number that, Like there are ways to do that, but to me the Orlando one is a no brainer. Hubbard is certainly someone that you could approach about a, a restructure. Hill's in the last year of his deal. You're not going to restructure that, but yeah. but maybe you add a year to it. And, and then the other ones that, to me, I, I would be surprised. Nick Scott, I think they probably just move on from him. And, and then Joe Mixon's obviously the elephant in the room that, that everyone's talking about. I would still be surprised if you know they could save $5.8 against the cap. I, I think they go that route. If, if their hand is forced, then think about it. That 5.8 plus restructuring Orlando, it's $10 million. That might be your defensive tackle that, that, that you're looking for, at least one of them. So uh, they, they have ways to, to free up space. And right now, they have the, they're have they in the top five of most cap space in the league. So it's worth mm-hmm. noting as well.
0: And, and that'll change, of course, as other teams go through sure. all their restructures and cap cuts that the Bengals are going to do a limited amount of. And we'll talk cap cuts as well. Some other... Restructure candidates if they were so inclined. Hypothetically, it could be Joe Burrow in any year. If they were if interested in converting any of his salary to prorate that over the life of the deal, they can always do that. Probably not next year or this year, but probably next year. That becomes more appealing when the cap number goes up a whole lot. Trey Hendrickson is another one that I would mention because he has two years left on his deal as well, a large amount of base salary in 2024 that they can convert some of. And, and when we talk about restructures, All that means is you're taking some of that base salary that is accounted for in one league year from a salary cap perspective. You're converting it to signing bonus, which means the player gets that money up front and that salary then gets spread out across two years. So when you're talking about restructuring Sam Hubbard, you're taking, for example, um, he he has a seven point eight million dollar base salary this year. So you could restructure up to the veteran minimum of that. So like six point eight million dollars or so. Spread that out over the next two years, it gives you a $3.4 million cap savings in the current year that will increase his cap hit in the next year. And that's actually a reason I would be a little trepidatious around restructuring Sam Hubbard because it does lock you into his age 30 season in 2025. And if you're wary of an age-related decline for Sam Hubbard and you're not sure you want him in 2025, that's a restructure that you might not want to do. And that's a reason to not do a restructure because there is a future cost. You're just pushing the cap hit into the future. Whereas if you're very comfortable with Hubbard in 24, but you're like 25, I can save $9 million against the cap. If I just move on at that point, that would be a reason to potentially not do a restructure there. And the same will be true for a guy like Alex Kappa with two years left on his deal. I think in a very similar situation on the offensive line to Sam Hubbard on the defensive line. That is my spiel on restructures. We will continue with some cap cut candidates just in case there's any that we have forgotten. And a very fun either or, James, to finish up the show coming up next.
1: This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. And sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest, whether it's big, whether it's small. Certain things can really start to get to you. They can start to add up and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So whether it's work, whether it's relationships, whether it's personal at-home stuff, well, better help is there for you. And if you've thought about giving therapy a try, well, it can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than restructures and what the Bengals are going to do in free agency or in the, the draft. And it's important to, to get those things off of your chest. And the beauty of BetterHelp is the convenience. It is going to work for anyone, including those that have a really busy schedule. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and will fit the busiest of schedules. Just visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelphelp.com slash locked on.
0: James, was there something you wanted to add? about those restructures before we dive into the cap cut question.
1: Yeah. I just think that that the, the ankle element of this is, is a factor that the Bengals know that. And so the, I, if I had to guess, I would say they don't really do anything with Hubbard or they don't do anything with Hill either, as far as like adding money or, you know, adding the Kappa one's interesting because I would be comfortable with Kappa in, in 25. And and so I, I do wonder if they would do that. But the Orlando Brown Jr. one, it's good call by Andre. Yeah. Do it today. The the four million. I mean that's that's huge. That that, that really that could be the safety that, that everyone's looking at, or that could be the insert whatever. That, that's a, that's a big part of that. Uh, and certainly when you look at Mixon, and you look at the Orlando Brown Jr. money, you combine that. That could be the right tackle that you're looking for. And you know, and, and I'm not saying Illuminor. I mean, Michael and Wenu's cap hit could be $10 million this year if you wanted it to be pretty oh, yeah. realistically.
0: Easily. And even less Easily. if they Easily. were to go with oh. like an Orlando Brown type structure. The, the clarifying point I want to make about Orlando Brown is you would be restructuring $4 million or so of salary. So your cap savings would be about, well, it would be a little bit less than that. It might be like $3 million, but two, $2 to $3 million. You're still saving a solid chunk of cap space there. And and all a restructure does, like I said, is it puts it into a signing bonus that the player gets immediately. So it's not like the player is getting any less money. And that's why last year when the Bengals redid Mixon's contract, I kind of pushed back against this idea that they did a quote unquote restructure because the Bengals historically have not done these moves. They have not used these simple restructures where they're taking salary or they're taking roster bonus and converting it to prorated bonus signing bonus money. To create more cap space this year at the expense of future years. Not something they, they like to do. They historically do not like to push money into future years on contracts they already have. And we've seen a little bit of a change with some contracts that they've done, some of the bigger contracts they've done in recent years. The Orlando Brown deal was a break from their history. The Joe Burrow deal, obviously, a, a break from their history. But even when they reached, uh, when they added a year for Trey Hendrickson, Remember, James, our initial speculation was that the year one cap hit would go down. It actually went up. So the Bengals historically and even in recent history in some cases are not in the business of often pushing money into the future. But they are increasingly in the business of cutting players that are not in their future. Remember, this used to not be the case. It used to be the Bengals' selling point that you're going to see the life of your deal here regardless of whether or not they're guarantees. That's changed a little bit, and that kind of goes into this question from Matt Jordan, who asked, who are potential cap-cut candidates? Nick Scott is one that we've often mentioned. Of course, we've talked about Joe Mixon, but are there other under-the-radar players that we should consider as potential cap-cut candidates that could potentially lead to upgrades or just saving some money?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, BJ Hill is in that that realm as, as much as anything. It's where you could, like, if let, let's say Christian Wilkins is someone you're going to go after. Well, could you use $7 million in cap space to to help that and, and, and go after him that way? Of, of course. So I, I would name him. Outside of that, is there anyone on your mind? I, I don't really think that there's anyone that's going to save you significant money unless I'm thinking of, you know, misthinking or forgetting about someone.
0: Yeah, there's nobody that jumps out as a very likely candidate because you have some rookie deals in there that I would have a hard time imagining them moving on from. But Jackson Carmen's cap hit this year is 2.37 million. They could save 1.65 million of that if they were to move on from Jackson Carmen at some point. I would Cam sample by the way. Another yeah, sure. I mean, he, I would not with Cam. He can't get on Jackson. The field. Yeah, he, he can't scratch. On the field. He's a healthy
1: scratch. 1.6 million. Yeah, I would.
0: I mean that's a that's a solid backup, for sure. I think like you could get a veteran for that money.
1: Uh, Cam Sample and and throw it throw it at Cam Fleming. I mean, sure,
0: yeah. Uh, Cam Sample, I agree. I don't see that as one that I would like to do, but there would be a really big saving there. You could save like ninety percent of that one. The other one that I don't think they would ever do, unless something crazy happened. But from a cap perspective. Like this would be a strictly cap-based move. This would be something that would pain them deeply, would be Ted Karras. And I don't see there being any way this happens, just to be abundantly clear. But there's only a $1 million dead hit as opposed to a $6.4 million savings. So if you're looking for guys that like strictly from cap, it would be him and Hilton. Very similar savings, but both of those guys are like foundational pieces for them in 2024. So that's why I say it would never happen.
1: And, and those guys – so, like, I don't think Nick Scott and Joe Mixon have any trade value. I think there would be a trade market for Mike Hill. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. There I think be. there would be – there would probably be a trade market for B.J. Hill, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Like, this idea that would not shock me. Uh, the um, – well, oh, Ted Cares, I, I still I, – there would be a market for him, too. And I don't think that would happen. I think that's pretty – Low end, you know, as far as the yeah. likely outcomes. I, I think I would say a T. Higgins extension, which I don't think is likely, is more likely than than Ted Karras, just to give you an idea of where yeah. Ted Karras being cut. The, um, the rest, of the, rest Ted, of
0: the... I, I just wanted to really quickly cover the rest of the ones that don't really make a whole lot of sense to me because when you start getting into this little money, you start getting roster... You start getting fifty top 53 offsets that make these not really significant cap cuts with like Trey Hill, Chris Evans save a lot of money with cap cuts there, but there's not really a huge point to doing that because of the way that the salary cap math works. But let's get to that last question, James.
1: I don't think Trey Hill makes this team. I was surprised he made it last year. Yeah and you I don't like have to like
0: proactively can't cap cut him, right? Because no doubt. No, do he'll it. be
1: around. Yeah. He'll compete for the spot. Yes. Yeah. Correct. All right. Funny either or like you mentioned you can draft Brock Bowers, sign Jermaine Illuminor, and Christian Wilkins or you could draft Johnny Newton, sign Noah Fant, and Michael and Lenu. Which do you choose? This is from Mike Bittenbender. Mike, you're the man.
0: I, I grappled with this, James, because you get either the better defensive tackle and, and a high end weapon prospect in the first package with a starting level right tackle. We think that is yeah. a short term solution. Like this is Illuminor, mm-hmm. I would think of like Riley Reef. I would think of like, um, what the Bengals actually got from Lyle Collins, maybe a little bit better instead of what our expectations were with the Lyle Collins signing. And and in the other package, we get a starting right tackle that I'm very bullish on that has positional flex. If they were to get a better right tackle at some point. And you also get one of the most exciting three techs in the draft and something that we've been looking for since Geno Atkins last wore stripes. I have a really, really hard time with this. At the same time, Christian Wilkins is an established player who's going to be good for you for three years, most likely. We we we're very high on Brock Bowers. You just need a future right tackle in that case, and can you survive with within one with uh, a That's the question, right? That, that's how you try to differentiate it. And I'm not giving an answer because it's really hard for me. I, I think these are. This is like one of the first either ors we've gotten where it's so close and, and like a good comparison that I have a real hard time making a decision.
1: I I get it. I don't think it's that close. I think it's close. I think both of these are awesome scenarios. Like if if either one of these happen, you sign yeah, up. You either, right? be, yeah, you take either, right? Just to be very, very clear. But to me, do I think that Joe Burrow is going to be just fine with Jermaine Illuminor? Oh yeah. Especially when he's got Brock Bowers, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Oh, and Christian Wilkins on the interior of this Bengals defensive front. I to me it's it's too I think Brock Bowers today is better than Noah Fan. I think that Christian Wilkins is by far better than Johnny Newton today. And so yeah, on one who is he is he better? No doubt. And I get prioritizing protection. I would rather give Joe Burrow adequate protection in another weapon. It's kind of like the weird Jamar Chase-Penay Sewell debate from a few years ago. And so that's, that's the way I lean. But that's not shocking to our listeners because it's all about weapons, baby.
0: Yeah, and it depends on what you think, I think, about, about Newton. Because I think that there are reasonable evaluators out there who are going to have a higher grade, regardless of position value, on newton than brock bowers they're going to be people that see him that way at the same time from a consensus perspective newton didn't go in the first round of the athletic beat writer mock draft that they just did
1: on thursday yep.
0: like he just didn't go in the first round period so it will
1: not shock me one bit if the bengals pass on johnny newton and so look at their history let's just
0: prepare yeah, yeah. i mean it will not shock that, me one bit they haven't drafted players like that.
1: I think you make
0: uh, some reasonable points. I, I think that there is a chance that Newton hits the ground running is an incre- and, and is incredible. There's also a chance that he, he doesn't hit right away and you would rather have the perceived instant impact that we think Brock Bowers is going to be able to provide and, and bypass the development time that we often see from tight ends. And you know who Jermaine Illuminar and Christian Wilkins are. And if you think Bowers is better than Fant right away, then... You have two better players in one package than the other. And then it's like, how much is the better right tackle worth? And if it's not worth yeah. two better players in positions of need, then you pick the one that has a, a guy you think can start, an Illuminor, and the two players you think are really good in Bowers and Wilkins. So I get where you're coming from there.
1: Yeah.
0: That's going to be a fun it. one.
1: I, I hope one of those scenarios plays out.
0: That's yeah. I, I think the good. best thing about this is that both of them, are great, great options. Be pretty happy with either of those. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Bengals podcast. We know there were tons of questions in this mailbag we did not get to, but as always, these will come back up throughout the week. And if you ask a question on the Locked on Bengals Insider Avenue on joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Bengals, we will make sure we answer your question via text there. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. who day, and have a good one.